But as I mentioned before, we're not going to have time to go verse by verse through the whole book. So I would encourage you, uh, in your own time, be reading sort of in between uh, what we're going over here on Sunday nights. Um, tonight we only have nine verses of chapter one, and, and the next week we'll be in chapter two, but to study all um, 24 verses would take much longer than 20 or 30 minutes. So uh, please be in the scriptures, which we will talk about tonight as well. So please uh, join with me in in reading verses 1 to 9 from Joshua chapter 1, either on the screen, in your Bible, um, however you, uh, you prefer. Please follow along with me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This too is the word of the Lord. This is a passage many of us are familiar with. Be strong and courageous. It's like the battle cry of the book of Joshua. We'll hear it over and over again. And one of the things that comes up in the book of Joshua is this need to be strong and courageous. When we encounter opposition, when we encounter hardships. And last week, we talked about Moses and how Moses was a faithful servant of God. And now Joshua's time has come. Moses is gone. And we see right away in this passage as a reminder that the importance of serving God. God even says, the word of the Lord, in verse 2, God says, my servant Moses is dead. He was my servant. But now, Joshua, it's your time. He says, get ready, in verse 2, for the task ahead. Cross over the river. The conquest will begin. But you must be strong and courageous. Why? Because if you're familiar with the story back in in Numbers before this, in in the story of Exodus and Numbers, they send spies over to the land. And if you remember, it's in Numbers 13, if you want to look it up later. They sent spies over. And all the spies came back to see what was happening. You know, what's it look like over there? What's it like, you know? God said it was going to be full of milk and honey. You know, what's it like? And the spies say, yes, it was great. It was full of milk and honey, and it was wonderful, and it was fruitful, and it was great. But you know what? It was also really scary. (laughs) And and we don't want to go over there. We're terrified. Why did we go here? There's giants and scary people over there. Except Joshua. 
Joshua and Caleb come back and they say, no, we can do this. This is given to us by the Lord. There's something special about Joshua. And here God is reminding him of what is special about He says, Joshua, you've been called just as Moses was called. Get ready. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And, and despite the reports in verses 3 to 4, he says, all of this land will be yours from the desert to the Mediterranean, north to Lebanon, down to the sea, everything. This will be yours if you are strong and courageous. If you stay with me, if you stay with the word of the Lord and meditate on the word of the Lord. It's interesting. These boundaries are still very hotly disputed today. Uh, and we're not going to go into that. But it is interesting that, the, uh, that God gives his people clear guidelines into how those boundaries will be won. And um, I think uh, we can all draw our own conclusions about that. God desires his pe- people to be faithful to him and his word. And he says in verse 5 and 6, I will never leave you or forsake you, Joshua. This is going to be hard. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. The Philistines, the Canaanites, they weren't just going to say, here's my vineyard. My family's worked on it for a long time, and, 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 and here's this land that we've had. And I know we worship different gods, and, and, and that's fine. You can have it. Hey, here's this great Fort Jericho we've built with this wall, and here's this big tower that we can spy out over all these lands. You can have it. That wasn't going to happen. And it was so important that he even emphasizes. God, in Hebrew, gives an adverb. He says, be very courageous. Not just a little courageous. You must be very, exceedingly courageous and stay focused. He says the important thing about it is not just to be strong and courageous. See, many times in life we've heard this. Oh, just trust God. Just muster the courage. Be strong and courageous. But he says, no, If you want to be strong and courageous, how do you stay focused? He says in verse 7, Careful, be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from your right or the left or the right, that you may be successful. See, we like this idea of being strong and courageous, but then it comes to, oh, by the way, you have to read and meditate and study this book to be strong and courageous. Well, that's, that's that's a lot of pages. There's a lot in there, you know. We get to these weird books like Obadiah, and we think, well, I'll skip that one. God says, no, meditate on this word, and that is how you will find courage. It reminds me of Peter walking on the water. When Jesus says, hey, Peter, come on out. Water's nice. Wait a minute. He says, just look at me, Peter. You're fine. Stay focused on me. It's a simple analogy. And Peter walks out and walks on water. And then he loses focus, sees the wind and the waves, and then sinks. It's the exact same thing. How do we do this? Verse 8, it's very clear. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, Just to be clear, the book they're talking about is the first couple of books of the Bible. Now we have much, much more. But we also have much more revelation of God. And I want to mention this word meditate because sometimes we get a little weird with this word. 
Many of us are from Western cultures, and when we think of meditation, we think of Eastern cultures, and we think of Eastern religions that maybe are different, or that maybe someone has told us that we shouldn't do these things. Maybe the word mystical has come up, you know? This is a little weird and mystical, and I'm not really sure about meditation. Let me just say this, uh, not to go into it too far. Um, Meditation is not something to be afraid of, nor is it something we should minimize. Some people think it's a little too weird and new agey, but as we can see, it's been around for four, four plus thousand years. Um, meditation's kind of an old deal. And, and, and we, as Christians, are called by God to meditate on His Word. Don't be afraid of it. And if you're curious about it, I would simply do this ask God how to do it. Don't look at a book if you're worried about what someone may say or getting in something weird. Don't look at a book. Don't look online. Don't Google meditation. Don't read Wikipedia. Please don't read Wikipedia. Ask your friends. Ask a pastor. doesn't have to be me. Ask anyone. How do you meditate on the Word of God? Have a conversation with a, with a Christian brother or sister and say, how do you learn and grow? How do you hear from God? How do you spend time in the Word? What more can I be doing? I had a great conversation a few weeks ago with a young man. He came to me and very earnestly, and he just really desired. He said, you know, I just want to hear from God, and I feel like the old ways I've been doing aren't working. It was so refreshing. I was like, oh, this is such a great question. Let's try some new things. You know, if, if just sitting down and reading isn't working, maybe, maybe go for a prayer walk. Maybe just walk around the city and pray for people's faces as you walk by them. You know, one of my favorite things to do, and I've talked about this before, is I ride the same red train up and down the hill every day, and Sometimes I just look at people's faces. I don't know their name, and I just think, oh, Lord, give them grace today. Lord, show them your love today. You know, meditation doesn't necessarily have to be just on Scripture and studying with books everywhere and concordances and underlining and highlighting. It can just be asking God to talk to you. So what's the problem? It seems that if that God has told us we should be strong and courageous... The same way he told Joshua. He said, stay with my word and and you'll be fine. But we struggle, don't we? But it's hard. Even though God is with us wherever we go, as he promises Joshua, I believe he also is with us. Even after we stumble and fall. What's so amazing about our God is especially after we stumble and fall, he is there with us. And even if we're not actively pursuing God, he says he is there seeking us. You know, I say this all the time with the youth group, and I've probably mentioned it in here. John 1.14 is, is, is the passage that many of us are familiar with where it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and if you're familiar with this, the verb that that uses is it talks about Jesus and God coming down and pitching his tent. Right? He's setting up camp. And I've talked about this before, but I love it because it helps me understand so much of how God is with us. Imagine if Jesus pitched his tent, set up camp in your front yard. And every day you walk outside and Jesus says, hey, what are we doing today? And you say, not now, Jesus. And you go to work and he says, okay, I'll be here when you get back. And then you get back from work and you've had a bad day and you're grumpy and it's hot and you're sweaty and and someone was touching you on the tram and it was gross. and, And you get home and he says, hey, how was your work day? You say, not now, Jesus. He says, okay, I'll be here in the morning. 
When John 1 says Jesus came down and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, God is saying, I came here to be with you every day. And if you want me, I'm here for you. Even when we're not seeking Him, even when we're being complete idiots, God says, I will be with you. God is with us always. He says, take me with you on your day. Take me with you when you have the burdens from the day and you're coming home. Let me take the burdens. But unfortunately, we don't always feel that confidence. We don't always feel the confidence of Joshua. And, and what's so sad is that we look, and, and, and these people at this time, they were the same as us. They doubted. They, they saw the Red Sea part. They, they saw water come from a rock in the desert. They saw a giant you know, pillar of smoke in the daytime to lead them through the desert, and yet they still doubted. At one point they even say, why didn't we just go back to slavery? They needed a strong leader. And I just sort of wonder, why do we do this? We know these things. We've heard these things. Why is it still hard? Why do I still lack courage? And I think God, in his infinite wisdom, as I'm walking by him and leaving him behind some days, he puts things in scripture to sort of remind us of how silly we can be. And it's so true, but it's so funny. Uh, it's a good verse to memorize. Is Proverbs 26, 11. And if you don't know it, Proverbs 26, 11 says, As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. And it's gross, and it's funny, but it's so true. We take God with us one day, and we say, Yeah, you know what, Jesus? That's great. Let's go. God is with us, and we go, and we spend, and we just think, man, that's the best day. We spend time in the Word for two, three, four days in a row, and we think, oh, gosh, it's just so empowering, and then we leave it behind. And before we, we're, before we know it, we're looking around wondering, what have I been doing? Why did I go back to this way that was so bad when it was so good before? And God gives us this verse in Proverbs to just sort of say, you're an idiot sometimes, but that's okay, I'm still here. I'm still here. I will be with you. And in the same way, the people of Israel said, no, the land is too scary. They're giants. It's scary. I don't want to go there, Joshua. We can't do it. And God says to Joshua, the same way he says to us, have I not commanded you? Have I not told you that I will be with you? What's the problem? What are you afraid of? And to address potential criticisms, I just want to say a few things. You know, some might say, well, no, it's not the same. Joshua had a very noble, a very clear task ahead of him. It's not the same for, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I have no task ahead of me. And to that person, I would say this. I have never met a person who meditated on the word of God regularly that did not know what they were called to do. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. It doesn't mean it's not a time of preparation or a time of waiting. But I fully believe that if you seek God's wisdom about a direction for your life through the Scriptures and through the power of the Spirit, He will be faithful to show you a path. It may not be a ten-year path, it may be a one-day path, but it will get you to tomorrow. And so if you feel in this room tonight like you have no task ahead of you like Joshua had, I would encourage you to go to the Scriptures and ask the Lord what He's called you to do. And some would say, no, some would say, I, I don't agree with that. And I would say, you know, here's the thing, is when it comes to a calling, 
God gives us lots of promises. The New Testament, the Apostle Paul says a couple of times that the Holy Spirit gives us all gifts and abilities. And that these abilities are for use in edifying the kingdom and growing the body together. That we would be servants of God. You know, and I mentioned this before. You know, Moses is called a servant. And both in his eulogy at the end of Deuteronomy and the beginning of Joshua, it says Moses was a servant of the Lord and it was credited to him and it was a good thing. Now think about yourself in the same context. We are all desiring to be servants of God, servants of the Lord, servants. We want to serve. We want to do everything we can. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Greater love has none than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. So even if you're struggling to be a servant, we have even more promises where Jesus says to us, I don't even consider you a servant. You're my friend. I want to be with you. I want to spend the day with you. God will be with us. And still some may even say things like, well, it says here that if I do what he commands, then it will go well for me. So you're saying that if only if I'm on God's team will things be good for me. That seems unfair. I'll never be perfect, so why try? And to that I say, nonsense. God's love and mercy is always there for us. The person who says this is too blinded by their sin and their stubbornness to see it. We need prayer, meditation, and Scripture to see the good things around us because the evil in this world has pulled a veil over our eyes that we can't see it. We sometimes think, well, where is God? God's only here if I'm good and I'll never be good. And that's a veil that evil and sin has pulled over us to block us from the goodness and the grace of God. God is with us all the time, but evil and sin has masked his presence so that we can't see him. And God has given us this book. He's given us prayer. He's given us the church that we would see the truth. And he would show us that those things we thought before were false. Like Peter walking on water, God has called us to stay with him and look at him not at the darkness of the world, because the darkness of the world blocks us from his goodness all around us. God is with you. Tonight, if you feel like you need direction, I would say just meditate on God's word. If you need clarity, go to the scriptures. And, and, And there's nothing wrong with commentaries. There's nothing wrong with listening to sermons. There's nothing wrong with reading books. But when it really comes to meditation on the scriptures, as it's talking about in Joshua, Don't do anything else. Don't don't listen to a a sermon. Don't read a book. Just pray, read, and listen. And if you want uh, just some guidelines, I'll give them to you. First, you need a Bible. If you don't have one of these, you can take this one. Take it. It's yours. Problem solved. Next, you have to read it. For me, honestly, even as a pastor, I struggle to read this book sometimes. 
I do it for work, I do it for a sermon, but for me, for my relationship with God, I have to find time to read things that aren't for a sermon or for a lesson or for uh, something I'm writing. I have to find time to just meditate on the scriptures. My favorite time is early on Sunday mornings. I don't even check my phone first. I just wake up, make coffee. I need coffee. And I wake up and I make coffee. And before I, do my, before I work on my sermon, before I do anything, I just meditate on a psalm or two for five or ten minutes. You know, for me, I also I love to go on walks. And so in Zurich, I'll just get on a tram, go to the far side, and just walk back along the river and just pray and meditate and talk to God. You know, we live in such a beautiful place. You need to connect with God. You need to hear from God. You need to more strength and courage. Go to a mountaintop and get away from everything. You say, I don't like to hike. Too bad, because you could go from this church to Stadelhofen, to the Habe, to anywhere in Switzerland and ride a cable car up a mountain, and you don't even have to walk more than a couple of hundred meters. You can be on top of a mountain in an hour or two without even hiking. We don't have an excuse. You want to hear from God? You're complaining that God's not talking to you? What would it be like to sit on top of Riggi or Pilatus or something and read this psalm? Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I mean, to sit and look at the Alps and think before even these mountains were formed, God was God. Go sit on the lake and read Genesis 1. And when you read about the creation, just just think about it. And all of a sudden a bird comes across and you start noticing the chirping of the birds and the buzzing of the insects. And you see a fish jump up and you think, God created all of this. The same God that created and loves me. People say it's hard to hear from God. To be honest with you, I think if we slow down and listen, it's hard not to hear from God. We just clutter up our lives with so much stuff that the beautiful, perfect message of love from God gets blocked. And so I would challenge you with this tonight. If you say God's not talking to you, I would ask if you've ever tried to listen. If you say, I don't know, I don't, I'm not strong, I'm not courageous, I would say, when was the last time you asked God for strength and courage? Maybe we're afraid of what God will say. Or maybe we know this book is really hard and asks us to do hard things, and so we avoid it. You know, we've talked about this before, but being a Christian is not doing what we want to do. Being a Christian gives up our plans. Being a Christian gives up our plans for life. And gives power to what God has for us. We all learn early in life that doing what is right is much harder than doing what is wrong. You know, I shared this morning in the children's sermon, in the first service, about one time I stole a piece of candy from a store. And my mom made me go back and apologize through tears to the manager who I thought was going to send me to jail and how awful it was. And I just meant that's the first clear, vivid memory I have of doing what is right is hard and difficult, and I don't like it. And so, too, as adults, we see that being faithful, we see that seeing the truth is much harder at times. 
living with that veil of sin and evil over our eyes is easier. It just is. We blend in with the world. We do what we want, and we just pretend we don't know any better. We read the story of Joshua, and we think, yeah, be strong and courageous. But it takes work. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what the Israelites and what Joshua went through. Like I said, the Canaanites didn't just say, welcome. They worked for it. They prayed for it. People lost their lives because of their sin. It was a hard time. There is much, much work to be done as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have to say this, and sometimes I... Our God did not come down from heaven as a man, endure pain, torture, death, conquer death to ascend to heaven to give us life through the power of the Spirit to live safe, controlled lives. Our God did not die so that life would be easy and comfortable. Our God, our God died so that we would be righteous. And we go to the table tonight to remember His sacrifice to remember His truth in the Scriptures, to meditate on them day and night, to have them on our lips, to have them on our hearts, that we would be strong and courageous believers in Jesus Christ. And that we would not hold back our brother or sister either. The passage we read in Romans is about not creating any stumbling block for anyone around you either. Because the God of the universe goes with you. He loves you. And because with Him, when you take Him with you on your day, we do amazing things together and through Him. Things that seem impossible and crazy. You know, in Joshua chapter 10, Joshua says, Hey, Lord, I need help. Make the sun stand still. And God does it. There are things about our faith and there are things about Christianity that to the world seem impossible and crazy. Don't worry about what they think right now. Think about what God promises. And He says, I will be with you. And even to the critic who says, well, this is Old Testament, this is Joshua, this is different, it was for him. And but, uh, Fine, Jesus said the same thing at the end of Matthew. He said, I will be with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. God says, I will be with you. And here we have the proof at the table. The reminder of God's sacrifice to show that he would give his very life to be with you. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you. I thank you for Joshua's calling and how it encourages us. I thank you that we can read something from a very long time ago, Lord, and learn something about you and your love for us. Lord, let us meditate on your word. Let us keep it on our hearts and on our lips. And let us not turn left or right, but let us focus on you. That we might stop the sun, that we would move mountains, that we would walk on water. Lord, that we would love our enemy. It seems unthinkable. But we ask for your strength to do just that. Lord, equip us with supernatural strength through the power of your Spirit to do that which you have called us to do. Not as servants, 
but as friends. As sons and daughters of the King and heirs to the kingdom. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.